Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. But it is just so awesome to have everybody here today. And uh, as Pastor Keen has said, especially if you're here for one of the very first times, it's just our honour to have you here. And it may, it may be one of the first times that you actually are in church. And so just want you to relax, to enjoy yourself, just to open up your world to what God wants to speak. Because we strongly believe that we have a God who is personal, who is very aware of what's going on in your world, who cares about you and loves you incredibly. And so I know He wants to keep expanding our world. He wants to keep speaking to our lives. He's a God who leads us as we worship today, as that beautiful song stated. He's a God who wants to lead us in every area of our lives and especially around the area of relationships and community, which we are in this whole series at the moment. So we're gonna take some time to pray. And then we have the incredible honour of having Pastor David and Pastor Sully with us today. And obviously my amazing husband, Craig. But uh, Pastor Dave and Sully have had years of ministry experience, years of building God's church, years of um, pastoring people and investing into people and growing people, have an amazing marriage and five children as well, which is a feat in itself. Like they need an award for that right there. But I know we're just going to glean so much from your years of experience and uh, the wisdom that you have. So I'm incredibly excited about how God's going to lead us today. So God, we just thank You for what You're going to do. God, I thank You that we just come here to hear from You. God, we just put aside our own agendas right now, whatever is going on in our world. And we just pray that we would silence, we would still our souls to hear from You. God, I just pray that all distractions would just go. And God, that we would be open to Your challenge. We would be open to hear from You and how we maybe need to change. That we'd be open to hearing from You and and how we need to expand our lives. And God, I pray that we would hear it with the heart of a God who so loves us. A God who has the best for us. Not a God that wants to control us, to confine us but a God who's got freedom for us and fullness of life. So I just pray, God, that we would hear how You want us to hear today. In the mighty Name of Jesus, everyone said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Thank you, team. You are amazing. So we've taken the time to get some questions in today to look at this whole area of community and relationships and how... Uh, how we do that well in our lives. So we're going to delve into a few different areas today. We're going to try to get through as many questions as we can, which would be brilliant. But I thought it'd be great to start with, which is a question around this whole area of community and how important, and maybe this is one that all of us could answer just to start everything off, but how important has community, healthy community been in your world and having incredible relationships that sustain you? How important has that been for each of you? I will start, yes. (laughs) Thank you for the direction. Um, I would say basically there's no way I'd be sitting here if it wasn't for uh, healthy, uh, life-shaping, vulnerable uh, people who together we wanted to keep following God with all of our heart. Uh, There's absolutely no way I'd be sitting here. 
Um, there's been moments in my own view and perspective that I thought I'd, there's no way I could carry on. Uh, and it was relationships, it was community that spoke God's word and spoke what he saw, not what I saw. Uh, that enabled me to get up out from underneath the table and believe again, okay, God, here I am today. And it's amazing if we give him today, it's amazing how he leads us tomorrow. And so, uh, but I know that I know that if it wasn't for others in my life, I, there's no way I, I would have been able to be here. And I know if it wasn't for Pastor Dave and Sally um, in our lives that God strategically brought um, into our personal lives is that I wouldn't be enjoying what God has asked us to do as much. And so, uh, so there's, an ele- there's an element of survival and then there's an element of, of, of actually, like, not every season's great, but you can still thrive. And if it isn't for people like Dave and Sally who, again, have just blown wind into our sails and, and helped us see what we couldn't see, uh, then I'd say I probably wouldn't be sitting here as in love with what God has asked us to do. So, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> I, I, I think with relationships... Um, I think the quality, of, the quality of our lives is really determined by the quality of our relationships. And I think one of the greatest gifts that God gives us is the local church and our, is a, a sense of community that we can build if we choose to. And I know in my life, before I found faith, before I came to Christ, um, my relationships were so dysfunctional and so limited. Um, But what God has done is um, given, you know, people in the right season at the right time. uh, And as Pastor Craig said, not not just to survive, um, but to actually thrive. Um, So I've told my story of salvation that I, I, I found Christ alone and isolated, but I didn't grow and I didn't thrive in life until uh, it started building uh, healthy, challenging relationships. And uh, I think they were the greatest gift that God gives to us outside of salvation are the people uh, around about us. Yeah. I think community is so important. And depending on what your life stage or situation is, it's amazing if you're a young mum to surround yourselves with young women, um, a single mum, a married couple, a student, whatever it is, to surround yourselves with people like that, but also people who are ahead of you in the game, people that you look at and go, I want to be like that. When I become a parent, I want to be like that. When I get married, I want to have a marriage like that. And these kind of relationships are very sustaining, they're very encouraging. But the other side of that journey of community and relationships is that sometimes it's not all going really well. You know, sometimes you lose a loved one, sometimes a relationship crumbles, sometimes terrible things happen. And it's in those times I found that the people that you have already intentionally surrounded yourself with, you don't have to be intentional anymore. They are just there and they will do whatever you need them to do. And I know, you know, just one example, you probably all know about it, when we lost our home to the fire, so many people would come from, you know, some people say, here's some money, go and buy a dress, go and buy a pair of shoes. Others would say, we're going to feed you for a week. Others would say, we'll send you away for a couple of days. So a community of relationships, everyone is unique and everyone has something different to bring to the table, either in your wholeness or in your struggle. Amazing. Absolutely awesome. So good. I think one of the challenges in all of that is in today's society, today's world, everything is so busy. There's lots of demands on us. And I think often it can be easy for us to prioritise things that potentially aren't healthy for our lives and not prioritise what is healthy, um, like authentic face-to-face relationships. 
Um, and anybody can answer this, but how have you found um, being able to prioritise relationships in the midst of the demands of life? I, I would add, just quickly put in the, the, that, that word of prioritise um, always comes with tension. Um, it, it has to be something that we're incredibly intentional about uh, because we all only have so much room. Um, and so it has to be a priority. There will be tension around about it. And so it has to be something that we are very, very uh, intentional and strategic about, which means we've got to have a measure of quality uh, in the relationships and ask the question, you know, how much room do we have and what are the relationships that we want to invite into our lives? Um, and then just really be very strategic about how we make room for that. Um, and what I found in my life, the busier I've got, the more I have to be intentional with my diary, um, the more intentional I have to be with saying no to some relationships so that I can say yes to other relationships. And then also look at strategically, uh, how, how can I fit that in? Not create separate space, but maybe invite people into areas of my life. So if I know I'm going to have lunch, who can I have lunch with? If I know I'm going to have a coffee, who can I have coffee with? If I know I'm going to go bushwalking for a day, who can I go bushwalking with um, and really sort of be as creative as I could be um, but it always comes down to that decision to prioritise, be really, really strategic and then quality control of who are the relationships, who are the people that I really want to engage with. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal and I would actually think that sometimes we have very rarely actually set our priority. Like have you actually set a priority? Have you looked at everything that's in your world and gone, this is priority? Um, you know, and then does that priority match you know, what God would say? Yes, that, that would be a, a great building block from which everything else will have health come from it as well. Um, and for often it's just we, we don't do a regular audit because our season changes quickly. And then once the season changes, things shift and we're trying to use an old model for a new season when you've actually got to step back and have another look at it and go, okay, hang on, what's priority? And so as parents, there are things that we've had to say no for our kids. Say, yeah, I know that could work, but in the season, no, because there's, a, there's already a set priority. You're going to be at Epic every Friday night, building relationships there. So I know we could finish cricket at seven and you could get here 20 minutes late and it'll just be fine, but no, 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 that doesn't show priority to that being something that's going to be a, a real building block in your life for the rest of your life. Yep. So therefore, mate, I know you'd love to and I know you'd be great at it, but not, not this season. You know? yep. But maybe next season, because next season will look different again and there might be a fresh shuffle on how that works. So have we one set priority and do we do regular audits? And then go, hey, if that is a priority, then it's a priority. Right, like actually call it a priority, and they go for these other distractions. They're not going to. They actually are not going to take place. Can I just add to that? That was really brilliant. If you don't take, sorry, I can't see you over here. If you don't take authority over your over your time and your calendar, someone else will do it for you. Someone else will say, oh, what are you doing? Oh, not much. Oh, good, I'll come around or I'll do this or I'll do that. So we have to take authority over our own time and schedule these priorities ourselves. Otherwise, someone else will do it for us. Yeah. Can I jump in another? I, I would say, well, this is exciting. I, I would say one of, the, one of the biggest decisions for Sally and I, when we came into the church, we felt like complete misfits. 
We've, uh, we don't know any of these people. We're not like any of these people, but we loved God and we just, we just understood. We have to build relationships. And we not thought, this church. Not this church. No. No, no. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that, Pastor Zelly. It's good clarity there. <laughs> no, this is a long time ago in another church and another time and another place. Um, but we didn't fit and we knew we didn't fit. We didn't know anybody, didn't feel comfortable, but we knew we had to build relationships because we knew most of these people had a stronger walk with God, a greater love, a greater revelation. And so we thought, okay, how do we do this? Is it one-on-one or is it, we heard about something called connect groups. So we just made a decision. We're going to go to a connect group. And I would say that was probably the most significant decision we made in our early walk and our early involvement in a local church. And some of those relationships literally changed the destiny of our lives just by making a decision and a priority saying, this matters and we're going to be there. And then God just gets involved and uh, it's awesome. So brilliant. Um, Your message last week, um, babe, about... You know, the priority of Jesus being our cornerstone and then we fit everything else around that and where it can be so easy to um, have other things set as our pillars and try and fit church, Jesus, God into those things. And I think relationships are an incredible example of that and how to do it in a healthy way. And how, I mean, again, anyone can answer this, how can you do, how important is it to have God relationships versus any relationships? Like how important is it to invest in church where you're building relationships with the Christians, connect group with Christians versus just having any relationships? This actually wasn't, this wasn't part of our plan, plan questions. So. Yeah. If I was the New Zealand Prime Minister right now, I'd say, sorry, I haven't formulated a previous <laughs> answer to your question, but... Um, well, if we, if we read the Bible how it says, like, and, I, and hear this, but it says they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves daily. Mm. So if, if, if the, when the church was birthed, sometimes we go, oh, I just wish we'd go back to the church at the beginning. Really? Do you, like, you really want us to hold ourselves to accountable to that? Like, because it's a pretty involved daily thing. And then the Bible also says in the New Testament, don't associate yourselves with others of the flesh, right? And so what you put yourself around is what you become. And it's like, oh, no, but I'll be, the, I'll, be the rotten, I'll be the healthy apple that influences the rotten apples. Well, unfortunately, you put healthy apples with rotten apples, the healthy apple becomes rotten over time. And now that's not saying that the light doesn't penetrate darkness and we don't draw people into the light, but at the same time, where you reside yourself, do you reside yourself in a rotten bowl or do you reside yourself in a healthy bowl that says to others, come, you're right? It goes to them and brings them. And then we keep bringing place into a place where there is pure love. There is grace. There is vision. There is a sense of hope. There is the wonder of, hey, the same way God met me is the same way God can meet you. And the, the way that you've trusted God, I need to learn how to grab hold of God. The way he's shaped your marriage, gosh, I need him to shape my marriage. And, and it doesn't just pocket ourselves to go, oh, okay, that's the hour and a half on a Sunday. It really starts to flow into every area of our lives and, and we, we get to keep operating from a healthy place rather than a, you know, I'll bite on this side, don't bite on that side uh, of, of who I am. And, and I don't know if that made sense, but having not formulated an answer prior to the question, um, 
I think that for me is, is what caused me to just love God continually and keep growing in Him. And it didn't mean I turned my back on my friends because I had a very unhealthy community I was attached to. It actually meant that I got to, to live a life that they looked at and, and was like, and I heard two years later, not knowing, they said, we noticed something change in him. Yeah. And in my, on my wedding day at the wedding speech, my, one of my best men said, we saw the change in him. And we all knew it was because he started to get God in his life. Yeah. And he was always a nice, great guy, but he went from here to here. I'm not trying to boost my tire, pump my tires right now, but, but I was sitting there like, are you serious? I never thought, I thought, I thought it was the complete opposite. You know, but, but if we place ourselves around a, a God community, if we devote ourselves to it, then I believe our life just grows. And I think that's because we become the best version of ourselves because we plan ourselves in, in community, in church and relationships. And then when, when we are with our friends who don't come to church, just like Pastor Craig was saying, they see something. I can't tell you how many times that we've had people come up to us and say, there is something different about right. you. What is it? I mean, that's how I became a Christian because I met this man and I kept turning up at his doorstep when we were nurses. There's something about you. It's different. I don't understand what it is, but I recognise there's something. And I was really thick because he would say, it's my relationship with Jesus. And I said, don't talk to me about Jesus. Just tell me what it is that's different about you. (laughs) But eventually the penny dropped. But, uh, yeah, so when we surround ourselves with positive um, Christ-like community, we become the best version of ourselves, which is exactly what the world we live in needs to see. I think it's a really, really important question too because oftentimes there is a battle. I know for me there were so many people in my life that I I would say, look, I love you. You're part of my life. We've been friends for many, many years but you can't help me now in my journey of faith. Um, And I didn't want to reject them but I also had to recognise but I must build relationships with people of faith. Um, that will help me to grow. Um, And there was a real tension in that. And I think negotiating that is a really important step that we all have to take, particularly, you know, if we're new to church, if we're new to faith, um, that we're not actually rejecting people. Um, We're just saying, but I have to make room for new relationships because I need people of faith around me now to help me grow. And if we just stay with our old relationships only, that's not going to help us grow. Uh, So again, it's that prioritising the need and understanding I've got to do this. So good. Amazing wisdom. Incredible. Nadia, can I just jump in and say that? Sorry. Yes, you can. Just something came to to my mind. I've had people that I've had conversations with just like that and I've seen how dismayed they've been and I've gone, oh, but you can come too. Why don't you come with me? So it's not... We don't want those friends of ours to feel like, well, they're too good for us or too spiritual for us. They won't spend time with us anymore. But it's actually an opportunity to say the truth, but then say, why don't you come? Why don't you come see what I'm talking about and experience it for yourself? Beautiful, beautiful. Um, How, um, with relationships, I think, again, we can talk um, often around the idea of healthy relationships, but just maybe some practical things about how we keep relationships healthy. Like, what are some key things, whether it's communication or whatever you kind of feel to speak about, key pillars that keep our relationships in a healthy way. Mm. 
Um, for me personally, I just thought very simply, work on self. Yes. Just keep working on yourself. We are all a work in progress. Like, we just keep on working so on yourself. Keep on uh, enlarging your heart. And I think the way that happens is, I, I think this doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, the more you love God, the better you'll love people. Yeah. Uh, the more you try and love people uh, as a first priority, it doesn't lead you to loving God more. And he put that in that order in a way that the more we love him, uh, then we are actually have a capacity, we have a grace, we have an understanding that we can then love others uh, more and more. And I think Jesus modeled that so well. Uh, he was able to be such a, a loving, uh, a, he was able to reach and touch so many different levels of relationship from different spheres of society because he prioritized his time with his father. And out of that priority of time with the father, the father's heart flowed out of him. And so therefore, I think for all of us, uh, we sung it, we sing it, we love it. I'll follow you. Here I am. I make room. Then keep that, uh, like Sam said brilliantly in the worship, um, you know, God today, this moment, you lead me in this moment. And I think that's our development of ourselves, which means we're also having a clear airway to him, which then means an environment he places us. We have a wisdom that's not just our own, but there's a spirit that enables to lead us in those different settings. And so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think if we are applying ourselves to spend time in his word, uh, spend time in prayer, yep. to do all of that, we are building ourselves up. So we're not actually then thinking, how can I make my relationships better? It's a really good question, but we are actually better ourselves. So when we go into our relationships, we go armed with what we read in the word this morning with the latest revelation, and we can encourage those people that we have relationship with. And when they talk to you about, oh, I'm really struggling here or this or that, and this is not all the time, obviously, but you can sometimes say, you know what, I was reading this this morning and that, and they will be, oh, my goodness. And this doesn't mean we're amazing. All this means is the Holy yeah, Spirit right, knows who we're going to meet today and what they need because God always uses people. That's why our community here at Life is so important because he uses every single one of us, without exception, to speak into one another and our friends and family. I would think awareness is a really important ingredient as well. There's a saying that says people or relationships are like elevators. They either take you up or they take you down. Um, and I think having an awareness of, like, again, quality control, is this relationship um, making me better? Uh, is this the relationship, the time that we're spending? Do I, am, I, am I the best that I can be in this relationship? Or is it draining? Is it pulling me down? Um, and just being aware of you know, the conversations that are being had, what's going on in the relationship, and being, having the antennas up saying, is this one that, do I need to speak into this? Is it something that's going backwards? Um, do I need to have an honest conversation? Um, and just being aware that we are responsible for the quality of relationships, um, and that as believers, we've got a responsibility to make sure that there is, you know, a faith element, that it's uplifting, that it is helping us to be the best version that we can be of ourselves. And actually owning that responsibility. Is this a good, healthy relationship um, that's growing and developing? So good. So, Pastor Dave, you can answer this one then. You know, with any relationship, there's going to be times where there's a strain or mm. something happens that causes a tension in the relationship. What is the best way to deal with tension in a way that builds the relationship? I think for, for uh, the first thing I would say is just breathe. 
Um, every relationship's going to involve pain. Every relationship's going to involve disappointment at some stage. So we have to have what a therapist would say is realistic expectations um, of our relationships. And the more we love someone, the higher the possibility there is that there will be hurt and disappointment and misunderstanding. And uh, every parent knows that. Every married person knows that. Um, so what we've found, what I've found, is the first thing is if you have been hurt, if there is misunderstanding, breathe and pray first. Before you go anywhere in the relationship, breathe and pray and allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Because uh, oftentimes we want to go back in there and deal with stuff, but actually it's God needs to speak to us first. Um, and then I think setting up a language and setting up a sort of an atmosphere uh, where you can go to that person um, and say, hey, look, there is something that we need to talk about. Um, and it's that old you know, principle of making sure that you affirm um, and use language that is not aggressive, that's not defensive, um, but you know, that you create a culture of saying, we need to talk. And when this happened, this is how I felt. Can you help me understand what was going on? Um, because it, it hurt. And I don't think it was healthy for us. Can we talk about that? Um, and I know for Sal and I, we've gone on a long journey of that um, because I've, I don't like confrontation um, and we can be oversensitive. And so she's become highly skilled at managing how she deals when I've hurt her. Maybe you'd like to add something, darling. <laughs> Apparently... <laughs> Listen to this. Timing is everything. Yes. So if I'm hurt or if I have something, I, I neither of us like confrontation, so we kind of bottle things up a little bit, we think about it, we process. But I, I will keep it inside and then all of a sudden it's like, I, I just can't deal with this anymore and I will go in and I'll say whatever it is and he will just look at me as if to say, what's going on here? But what I've learned now is to say, you know what, that conversation we had, I'm, I'm really uncomfortable about a couple of things. Can we, can we talk about that later this afternoon or at a time that suits you? And for David, I've learned, give a time, it's going to be 15 minutes or it might be half an hour. It's about this. I don't need you to fix it. I'd just like you to explain something to me. And he's so easy. But if he feels cornered, he gets aggressive. Like, what do you mean I upset you? <laughs> so we have to learn, ladies, how to manage our men. <laughs> wow. It's true. Wow. It's true. That, that'll preach for the next half hour. <laughs> We've never experienced any of that, so it's amazing. It's amazing. I definitely think the time and the place is so important. Recently, Nadia and I, uh, you know, just had just saw things differently, passionately saw things differently. But what I was so grateful for is that we actually had, like, planned that day to go for a bit of a bushwalk. And it was amazing how over a couple of hours of just walking, just getting to the point where it's like, well, we really need to talk about how do, we, how do we do this better going forward? And just to have that time is like, is like the, the sting cut out of it and the heart reality is we both want each other to win. Yeah. I want nothing more than yeah. Nadia to flourish. Yeah. I want nothing more than her to feel so championed in what God has put in her heart, feel so honoured by her husband to be, and, and I, like, to feel like there's never a moment she has to hide who she is because, you know... Um, and so 
I love it how the disciples would often go back and around a table, mm. Jesus, what did you mean? <laughs> yeah. why, why couldn't we cast that out? Like, we really tried everything and did everything you've said to this point, but it didn't work, and then now we're looking silly. And, but they had time around a meal, and all of a sudden Jesus was able to unpack another level of relationship, another level of understanding, and then they were able to go forward in confidence. Uh, and I think that's what we want in our relationships, to be able to go forward in confidence. Uh, but place and time is just brilliant. Yes, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, Pastor Sally, for you then, um, I know there's been um, lots of things that have happened in your guys' world where people have hurt you. Um, I mean, given the nature of living big lives, that's what's going to happen. Um, how, how have you forgiven people that have really hurt you in a personal way and also kept the relationship going but in a healthy way? Okay, this is a huge question, and it's a really good one. And I just want to begin the answer by letting you all know, I went for something called a deep sea facial something or other a couple of months ago, expecting something really pleasant to happen. What I uh, subsequently discovered after half an hour arriving on that little table was that they get um, coral and they crush it up into, like, a coarse powder. Then they massage it (laughs) into your face... And it cuts your skin and it hurts and it's really painful. But all of that to say when you love someone, when you've invested into them and they betray you and they hurt you, your heart feels like that. It feels like you've given so much and you've had glass rubbed into it and and it's the most incredibly painful thing. How do you process that? Um, It's really hard. You've got to go to God. You've got to go to God first because this is not an issue of what the other person did to you. This is actually an issue of the heart. And Proverbs 23 says, you know, guard your heart because from it flow all of the issues of your life. So our number one responsibility when we have been hurt, we are human, so we will be angry and we will be all of the gamut of emotions that we will feel. We will feel betrayed. We will feel all of these things, and that's normal. But we can't stay there. At the end of the day, we have to go back to God. We have to go back to his word and we say, and it actually feels like spitting glass, I forgive that person. But it's not a one-off thing. Forgiveness is actually, you say it, and it's hard to say, but you have to keep going back. You have to keep releasing that person um, with regard to the person themselves. You know, sometimes people do things, and we've had stuff happen to us, and it's completely inappropriate for that relationship to ever continue again. So you end it well. Um, They... I won't go into the details, but it was pretty horrendous and this person eventually said, yes, I made all these accusations, um, asked us to forgive her, which we did, but it was then no longer appropriate to continue that relationship. However, when it's a friend and they hurt you, you have to actually have a conversation and navigate your way through that, explain to them, you know, Because sometimes you can be really hurt unintentionally as far as the other person is concerned. If you say, can we just have a chat because I'm a bit confused about this conversation because when you said this, this is how I felt and this is what I thought you were saying about me. And I've known sometimes the person has been, what? How could you have thought that That wasn't my intention? 
Other times, it definitely was their intention, and you have to have a conversation and, and say, can, can we make things better? And always, if the conversation, if the relationship has to end, end it well and bless them and pray for them or, you know, release them. And um, if not, it, it's hard work and it is like chewing glass at first, but persevere, persevere. King David said, creating me a clean heart, yeah, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. That's the model that we have to attain to. God, let our heart be clean and our spirit be pure because otherwise we're storing up poison in our heart and it's, yeah. it's going to destroy us. Not the person we're venting against. It's going to destroy us. Beautiful. So much wisdom in there. Thank you, Pastor Sally. Um, I think another biggie in today's society is how we fight for unity in relationships, yet stand strong in our God convictions, especially in a society today that is all about cancel culture and really wanting to pit, our, pit each other against ourselves. So, yeah, how do we fight for unity in a godly way? Craig, it would be great for you to answer that one. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love, uh, you know, a scripture that, um, you know, so clearly points to this uh, for all of us in Ephesians 4, 2 and 3. It just says this, uh, very basically, it says, uh, be completely humble and gentle. Be ba- patient, bearing with one another. Which means if we have, to, the Bible's saying you've got to bear with one another, there must be some stuff we have to actually, like, bear through. <laughs> Not everything's rosy. Not everybody agrees on everything. Not everybody actually sees eye to eye on all of that stuff. Uh, It says, bear with one another in love. And it says, make every effort to keep unity. Keep every effort. And I think one of the things in today's world is, is that there's not an every effort to keep unity. There's an every effort to stand my ground, to see it from my way. If you don't agree with my way, therefore you don't accept me. Uh, you know, you don't love me and all, and all that sort of stuff, which is actually just, it's not true. That's actually just, it's not, a, it's not true reflection of love. It's not a true reflection of relationship. Uh, Jesus says, I, uh, I, lo- I discipline the ones I love, yes. which means he doesn't agree with a lot of what I do. Yes. And in a loving way, he helps shape me and mold my heart. Uh, but we have to be careful because um, it's so easy to adopt that, oh, well, they don't see it the way I see it, or they said that, but I don't believe that. And I just want to say on record, like, I'm so proud of our church, uh, the maturity that you showed going through COVID. COVID had a huge opportunity to divide people and to divide the church on things that the church didn't ask for and the church didn't say we agree with all those parameters, but this is what we've been placed upon and we're going to walk through this and navigate it. And I found that within our groups, it was so powerful to see that groups actually, as we stood in the foyer for the first time again, there was more depth in those relationships than there was before COVID because people actually engaged hard and did life together. The, the support was there and there was a maturity to say, you know what, I think it's an absolute sham. Another person saying, I can't believe I just had to bury a loved one. And yet we stood in the room and we declared that the common denominator, Jesus, yeah. is far greater than any difference that we have yeah. in the opinion that we have. Wonderful. And sometimes what we're doing is that we're dividing over uh, preference and not uniting over principle. My preference outweighs the principle, and we must always remain as a church and as a faith community that declares the principle that God is God, (laughs) that Jesus is Saviour, 
that He is the one that we worship, He is the one that we lift up, that we are here to put our lives in His hands. We are not a political group that are trying to all have ideals around a political idea. No, we are here to worship Jesus. We're here to love Him first and then open our arms to any and every person, whether they see eye to eye or whether they absolutely can't stand the fact that we believe something different to them. We're here to say, no, no, we fight for unity. We're not here to fight to be right. We're fighting here to unite. And how we unite, we keep lifting up Jesus. We keep looking up to Jesus. And then we realise we actually receive a compassion and a grace that's able to love despite our differences. Does that make sense? And you've got to talk to it because the truth of it is, is the enemy wants nothing more than to divide a family, to divide a friendship, to divide a relationship, to divide a church. Because where there is disunity, he can't move. His presence doesn't have room to move. And I believe the reason we're just seeing just a sweet sense of God's presence and what he's leading at the moment is because there's a thing of like, yeah, our preferences look different in the room. But the principle is, is he is Lord. And I am here to worship and love him. And out of that, I can love everyone. Can I say in advance, and I feel this in my spirit, not out of a place of weight, but can I say there's a referendum coming later this year that has potential to try and to divide people in this room because there will be different perspectives due to different uh, areas that we've come from and the perspective we live with. Can I say right now, it will not divide us. I declare in Jesus' name, there won't be one person that feels the level of offence to any level. They feel like, well, I can't be a part of that faith community. We are here first and foremost to lift up the name of Jesus. We are here to love people. And in that, He can shape our hearts and mould our lives. He calls us to catch fish, not gut them. And so therefore, we'll keep putting our nets out and we'll keep following as He leads and we will love every person and we will see His kingdom keep moving. Does that make sense? And so let's have grace for one another. The same grace that met us is the same grace that can flow through us. And if you say yes, and I say no, or however it looks, the main thing is, is when we walk in, Jesus, we honour you as Lord. We love you. We thank you for who you are. God, we make room for you today. Shape our heart. And, uh, and let's be known as a community that keeps stepping into things God's got in front of us. So, so good. Um, amazing. I think um, one of the things that really helps unite us too is that beautiful concept that we have around groups of spiritual friends sharing yeah. sacred moments and how we develop sacred moments together would be just something great for us just to finish on is how with our relationships do we create those sacred God moments, even with unchurched as well. Yeah. You know, how do we bring Jesus into conversation? How do we bring the essence of who he is into our relationship? So really fostering that environment with sacred moments are what we aim for. I, I think one of the greatest keys to seeing God move in our relationships is, is as we've already said, the first that we consecrate, consecrate first our own hearts so that we are actually just living in the overflow. So we're not thinking about techniques, we're not thinking about what I should or shouldn't do, but we're just in the overflow. Um, and we're just aware of God and, and quick to hear the whisper of the Spirit so that then when we're in our relationships, they're authentic and they're, they're relaxed and we're incredibly secure in who we are 
because we know we are loved by God. And we might mess up and we might make mistakes, but we know that we are loved by God. And that enables us then to to love those that we are in relationship with such a freedom so that if if there is a moment where there's a need that's being expressed, it's, it's a natural response to say, hey, let's pray about that. Or if there's a need that requires generosity, that's not a hard thing, that's the heart of God. And so we're generous in that. Um, And I think it's not so much what we do, don't do, it's who we are that flows out of our own security, our own intimacy with God. And then that love that we are just so aware of from God is an easy thing to share. And when it's authentic and when it's real, which is what we see in Jesus all the time, authenticity, reality, passion, um, compassion, just flowed naturally. That's our model, not religious, but just an authentic reality of the love of God that flows in us and touches other people. Absolutely amazing. Sorry, babe, do you want to add to that? No, I mean, for me personally, I've, I've just found in different outside of church settings, I've just found the, the thing of if, if there's a situation, circumstance, man, I'm so sorry to hear that if it's something that's of weight. Mm. You know, I'm actually going to, I'd love to, I'm going to be praying for you. And that doesn't mean it's an awkward moment in that moment. It actually means that it's amazing how warm people are. I didn't even know you're a Christian. It's right at our kids' sports. Yeah, yeah, you know, but I just, I'm sorry, to, that's, that's going to be hard. I'm just going to be praying for you, and you know, and then naturally you'll see them again. It's just, how's that going? And it's just, it's not over intense, it's not over spiritual, but it's deeply personal. And it's amazing how warm people are to going. What would you believe that God could help in this area as well? And uh, and I just think that's the easiest thing. That's, I've found that the easiest way to bridge is just to add that thing, and then authentically follow it up, pray for people, yeah. and you just watch as God gives you stuff to help encourage them along their journey, whatever it might be. So good. Well, as we, um, as we come to a close, we just want to make sure that everyone in this room has that amazing re- personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah. It's the most important part of our service right now where we give every person the opportunity and those who are online the opportunity to open your world to Jesus and say, you know what, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I want to surrender to you. I'm sorry for how I've lived my life and I want to give my life to you and acknowledge you as Lord and God. And so if you're here today and you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, or maybe you once did, but other things have become a distraction and you know you're not living personally connected to Him, then right where you said, we would just love to pray a prayer for those of you that are online joining us right now, right in your bedroom, in your lounge, wherever you are, you can also pray this prayer. So why don't we just close our eyes and bow our heads. And if you're here today and you'd love to pray a prayer that invites Jesus into your world to have Him as your personal Saviour, Have Him as your personal Lord where you would know His love, His forgiveness and the goodness of who He is. Just right where you said, why don't you raise your hands to heaven and say, hey, that's me today. For all those that are online, you can just lift your hand right where you are to say to God, hey, that's me today, God. I'm lifting up my hand and saying, hey, that's me. I need you, Jesus. I want you, Jesus, today. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you just repeat this prayer after me for all those that want to pray that prayer for all those who are online. Jesus, I give You my life. I'm sorry for how I've lived. I want a new start in You. I want to know Your love, Your freedom, Your peace and Your joy. Help me to walk out life with You leading it. I ask for Your help. I ask for Your leadership. And I ask that I would be able to follow You 
In Jesus' Name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we give a hand to all those that made a decision today, for all those that are online. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.